Welcome to the Connect Church Discipleship Podcast. Thank you for coming back. This is season two, episode 16. Uh, this season, we're talking about disciplines and ordinances in the life of a disciple of Christ. And we're in a series on stewardship. We've talked about our time, our talent. We started last time on our treasure. We're going to develop that a little bit more today. Uh, joined again by Ken and Carlton. Thank you guys. Back to back to back to back now. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, and uh, appreciate you guys making the time today to be with us. Um, just as our general reminder, we're doing all these things to be formed by Christ, to abide with Christ, not to gain anything for ourselves, not to prove our own righteousness. Um, and we're called to be stewards, caretakers, and whatever God's entrusted to us, we want to be able to use it for his kingdom. Um, and we kind of talked about last time about this idea of being generous with our treasure. Uh, as the Lord is blessing us in our life and bringing increase into our life, we're being generous with what he's given to us. Kind of this open-handed idea, right, that we don't, we don't own it or possess it. And so... Uh, we saw the first instance of giving in Scripture with, with Cain and Abel uh, from their flocks and from the fruit of the soil. Um, but eventually this took the form of, of a tithe, which probably would have been monetary, but also would have included animals and, 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 and uh, fruit in there as well. Um, but how would you explain tithing? It's it's kind of, some might be familiar with it, some might, might not be. It's a little bit of an old school word, so to speak. Um, so, so how would you explain tithing to someone else? Well, I would explain it as a command. Uh, rooted in the principle of giving back to God of what he has entrusted to you. Mm, very good definition. And uh, I think, yeah, the word tithe means one-tenth. So, um, you know, basically giving 10% uh, of my earnings to the work of the kingdom. Um, since God provides the ability for us to earn a living, um, we honor him by using 90%, you know, to support our families to live on but to give the 10% back to his work and mm -hmm. further his kingdom. Yeah, I love what you said, Ken, about the, the Lord who gives us the ability, right, to, to get to get these things. He gives us the strength or the wisdom or the knowledge, whatever we do for our, our work and that kind of thing. And so, again, it's, it's this open-handed idea. So, great. Um, we're going to kind of look at the first instance of tithe in Scripture, which is going to happen with Abraham. Uh, Abraham's nephew Lot is carried off after a battle between four kings and five kings. The four kings win. They pull off the upset. Uh, Abraham embarks on a rescue mission. He's like, I got to go save Lot. And so he then takes down the four kings. And in the process, he gets basically nine kings worth. <laughs> he gets the bounty uh, of all that. Um, and so then we read this, Carlton. Would you read for us Genesis chapter 14, uh, 17 to 20? Sure. Genesis chapter 14, 17 to 20. After Abraham returned from defeating Cade de Lamar and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Sheba. That is the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Awesome. So I would encourage our audience to go back and, and read the full chapter. Right? It'll give you a lot, a lot of details there. But um, Abraham probably didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to go fight a bunch of kings today. Like like the circumstance ended up happening. And so, okay, I got to go and go into battle now. Um, and so when he gets this increase, he's, he kind of sets aside, I'm going to honor the Lord in that. Um, so we saw Cain and Abel, hey, increase, honor the Lord. Um, Abraham, the same thing here. So it's just kind of establishing us this pr principle of generosity as the Lord's bringing the increase. Um, we see it again in Genesis 28. Uh, Jacob is going to Laban's house 
and uh, he has a journey uh, ahead of him and he has a dream on this journey where the Lord encourages him and he wakes up and he's like, oh, the Lord is in this place. And he says to the Lord, Lord, as increase comes into my life, I'll honor you with, with the first 10%. Um, and so all this kind of happens before the law, but then we get to the time period of the law. Um, and, and, and this is where we see tithing really take shape and form uh, within that time period. So there was actually three tithes that they would practice. And so we're going to do a lot of reading. Uh, these guys are going to be awesome reading for us. Um, so we could kind of see these three tithes. And the first one uh, will be very similar to uh, the tithe that we read about with Abraham and, and Jacob. But Ken, would you read for us Leviticus 30, verses 30 to 33? Sure. Uh, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. Every tithe of the herd and flock Every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. No one may pick out the good from the bad or make any substitution. If anyone does make a substitution, both the animal and its substitute become holy and cannot be redeemed. Awesome. So so we're going to read in a minute, Numbers 18, the purpose of that tithe. Um, but we again, just to highlight what we said before, like this was probably taking the shape of, of, of animals and, and livestock at this point in time. Uh, eventually, there's probably some currency and we'll actually see that in one of the other uh, scripture read. So, Carson, would you read Numbers 18 to 21, which is going to tell us, okay, they give this tithe, but why? What was the point of it? Certainly. Numbers 18, 21. I give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving at the tent of meeting. Awesome. So the Levites, they had no inheritance. They didn't have any land. The other tribes were given land, and so that was their inheritance, so to speak. Um, and so this tithe was basically to provide for the Levites as they were doing the Lord's work. At that point, the tent of meeting, uh, eventually in the form of the temple uh, that would come later on. And so that was the first tithe um, to kind of support the ministry. So we could call it that in maybe our modern vernacular. The second tithe, I like to call the festival tithe or uh, or the vacation tithe. Um, there were there were festivals that they would hold every year. Uh, people would travel eventually to Jerusalem uh, to celebrate these days. And so Deuteronomy 14, Ken, if you'd read that for me, Deuteronomy 14, 22 to 26 will give us some insight on that. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the firstborn, your, firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. But if that place is too distant and you have been blessed by the Lord your God and cannot carry your tithes because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver and take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. And do not neglect the Levites living in your towns, for they have no allotment or inheritance of their own. All right. So awesome. Basically, that scripture is telling us there's going to be some festivals. And some of these Jewish festivals are still celebrated as Jewish holidays in, in, in our culture today. And uh, you should bring a tithe to it, but it's for celebration. And so the celebration tithe, the festival tithe, the vacation tithe, whatever we want to call it. And so um, I, I like to look at this. It's, it's biblical to set aside some, some money to be able to celebrate and recharge and maybe spend time with loved ones and, and, and enjoyment. Um, and so for them, they'd have to travel. So that became became a part of it uh, as well. And so we got the first tithe for kind of the ministry. 
the second tithe uh, kind of as uh, to celebrate and praise the Lord, uh, be with the family, the Levites, all those good things. Then the third tithe comes to us in that same chapter of Deuteronomy 14. Um, it was a tithe that was to help the poor, those in need. And so, Carlton, would you mind reading for me Deuteronomy 14, verses 28 to 29? Sure, Deuteronomy 14, 28 and 29. At the end of three years, bring all of the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, and the, far and the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied and so that the lord your god may bless you in all the work of your hands and so if, if we're going to think of this mathematically if there's to do this once every three years we'll, we'll average that out at 3.3 percent a year for, for the poor those that needed assistance um and then there was another way even outside the tithes that they practiced uh, to help the poor and needy and so ken would you read leviticus 19 9 to 10 when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Awesome. So they would really be giving up income in that sense, right? Because they might be able to trade some of those things for other things or sell it, whatever the case may be. And so the idea was don't grab every penny, uh, but but make sure you're you're building margin for other people. Now, It'd probably be weird if we started putting change and $20 bills on the edges of our property. And we're like, hey, if you need to come get it, like, like that probably wouldn't work in our modern day. Um, but the idea being that we, we should have margin built in for that where we're looking for needs of the poor that we can actively meet um, and how we can assist people and, and really show the love of God in that situation. And so uh, we read a ton of scripture here, uh, probably about half the Old Testament we just read. Uh, so we won't read any more scriptures, um, but there's a lot more that can talk on it. But if they were following this, um, they would have been up to about 23% a year of that they were setting aside. Um, and there's actually another instance in Exodus 36 where they asked for an offering for the tabernacle and the leaders have to say, hey, there's enough. Don't give anymore. Like, I, I don't know that we fit that point <laughs> in the modern day. Right. But but that's how generous the people were. And so 23 percent, if we looked at our incomes, we'd be like, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of finances. Right. Um, and so. How do we become people that become generous? We're not going to set the percentage number out there, but like, how, how do we become people that are generous with what God has given us? And as we're receiving increase, how can we grow in that area? I think in one of our previous sessions, we talked about contentment. So I think the more we're able to learn to be content with a modest lifestyle and allow God to really, you know, work on our hearts to wisely respond to the financial needs that we that see it, what we see around us, that will help us to grow to be more generous people. Yeah, great. Um, I find giving to be more more than an issue of the wallet or the purse, more an issue of the heart, mm -hmm. right? And um, our willingness to give uh, gives a pretty good indication of, of where we stand relationally with the Lord, yeah. right? And I, I just find that when keeping that in perspective and, and, and understanding that truth um, makes it that much more easy to, to give yeah. generously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th I think you mentioned perspective. I think one thing that really helps with perspective is going on missions trips, because mm -hmm. then you really sure. see how blessed we really are in this country, and yeah. it really changes your perspective as to, you know, how content these people are who, yeah. you know, don't have anything, basically, mm -hmm. but they've got God. Yeah, right. yeah, and, and I, I like the idea of doing things like that regularly, right, because it's easy to forget that. You see it one time, and then, and then you kind of you get back into the mode. I think we talked in one of the early episodes, like how it's so easy to 
to fall into that trap, right? And so um, we kind of need those types of things regularly. And so maybe the prayer for us is, would we be responsive to the Holy Spirit when he's challenging us to be generous, right? Again, whether it's a local church context, uh, whether it's someone in our life that we know that needs assistance or a need we become aware of in some way, um, that Lord, okay, we're going to be the most generous people that the, the, the earth is going to find because we're following Jesus. Um, and so uh, when they come back next time, that will kind of wrap up our Old Testament look at giving again. There was a lot more we could have read, but we read a lot. And we'll look at what does giving look like in the New Testament in our next episode. But before we go, uh, we want to learn a little more about Ken and Carlton. And so if a book was written on your life, what would you want the title to be and why? Um, okay, I'll go. Um, the title of that book, I would like it to be, um, I Did My Best. Mm -hmm. cool. Right. I would say... Um, in my life, there's been some great successes and there's also been some great failures. But in, in it all, I did my best. Awesome. It's a good time. Since I didn't have as much time to think about this, <laughs> um, I came up with, he kept it simple. There you go. Because I'm not a very complicated person. I don't like a lot of technology. Um, my needs are pretty basic, so I think that works. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being with us today. We look forward to having you back again uh, for one more episode on stewardship and our treasure. Uh, feel free to text your disciple and let them know uh, something you learned today and call them back for our next episode. Have a great day.